at many different seasons of life, I think of Jeff and Tabitha having their first child. Do you remember that? When you had your first child? We were in Nina, Wisconsin. Lori and I had just started a church, and it was 1990, August 26, when Brian Daniel Harrison came in to the world. What an exciting time that was. Now we're in a period where our kids are in their late teens. And one of the things I love about Springbrook is we have so many different generations here. And you can just, again, look back and, and see these young families. And uh, I look forward and see senior adults, and it's not too far off in my future. And, uh, you know, I love our senior adults here at Springbrook. They just have such a passion for life. They model for me how I want to be when I uh, get a little older. Uh, they just uh, have such a faith in God, and they're just serving the Lord and engaged. And uh, life is a journey. It's always changing. And that's true, of course, of our spiritual life as well. They're, they're together, right? Our life and our spiritual life. And we're going to talk about that today, but especially what happens when we're going along a journey and things don't go the way we plan when we hit a wall. We're going to talk about journey through the wall. So this is part of our emotionally healthy church-wide initiative. We are studying the Word of God uh, in a particular curriculum that helps us understand it, a uh, book by Peter Scazzaro, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And I hope you're reading that. How many are reading that? Uh, excellent. Wonderful. Such a powerful book that speaks of the power of God's Word, and how it impacts our lives. So I, I encourage you to continue to read. This past week you should have read chapter 6, uh, which is Journey Through the Wall. And then I encourage you to read that chapter again this weekend and reflect upon that. And then next week, read chapter 7, Enlarge Your Soul Through Grief and Loss as you prepare for next weekend and as you prepare for your small group, things like that. And let's keep learning together. Let's look at the seven pathways to emotional, <clears throat> healthy spirituality. Know yourself that you may know God. Going back in order to go forward. Today, journey through the wall. Next week, enlarge your loss, or your soul, that is, your grief and loss. Discover the rhythms of the daily office and Sabbath. Grow into an emotionally mature adult. Go to the next step to develop a rule of life. So we're looking at these each week, and there's a chapter in the book, and we're seeking to grow closer to God. We look at our iceberg model, and the whole goal is to let Jesus Christ into our interior life in order that we might be transformed. We've got to let Him in. And let Him do His work in order that we might be pure in the way that we live. Now let's look at this particular model that Peter Scazzaro has in his book that was adapted. But the first stage of the journey of the Christian life is life-changing awareness of God. This is when you learn about the Gospel. This is when you discover that you're a sinner and that you need a Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's when you come to Christ. 
And that is just a joyous celebration. And uh, you experience new life. The second stage is discipleship. And this is when you start to get to know what's in this book. And your life is just full of joy because it's a totally different way to do life. And God is within you and He's working through you. And that's a wonderful time. And stage three is the active life. This is when you get engaged in serving. This is when you realize that you have gifts that God has given you and you want other people to grow in their spiritual lives. You want to give back at this particular time. The next thing we see is the wall. Now, I love how Peter emphasizes this because many times we don't really flesh this out for people and they don't understand what the wall is all about and how really it is a part of our spiritual journey. The wall is typically a crisis that turns your life upside down. It throws you into a tailspin. It throws you into uncertainty. You're filled with anxiety. You don't know what you're going to do. And the critical question is, how are you going to respond to this wall? Many people, when they approach a wall like this, is they bounce off it. They don't want to go through the wall because that's painful. So they try to maneuver around the wall. They deny the wall is there. They just get through the wall and they don't learn a thing. But we're going to be talking about journeying through the wall. Seeing what God has for us. Because when we look at the wall, we can either look at it as an obstacle or an opportunity. We can see it as an obstacle and say, I've got to get rid of this thing as quickly as possible so I can get on with my life. Or we can look at, it as, look at it as a growth opportunity for God to take us new places and to change and renew us. So you've got to approach the wall and say, God, you've given me this wall and it's an opportunity for me to grow. So if you approach it in that way and embrace that challenge in your life and say, okay, God, you teach me, you change me. You start to journey through the wall. And then you move to the next stage, which is the journey inward. This is when you really start to ask questions. You journal. You ask God to speak to you. You talk to others about what you're going through. And this is when you start to unpack the emotional baggage in your life that we talked about last week. The stuff that's left over from your family of origin and other experiences you've had. and It's the wounds. It's the sins of the past that continue to impact your life. And it's no fun to go through the wall. It's very painful. It's very discouraging. But again, with God's power, it will transform you if you can continue to walk in His ways and journey inward and let Him do that inner work. And then as you move out, the next stage is journey outward from your inner life. So once you've learned the lessons you need to learn and God has done the work, then you start 
to see that in your daily behavior and your thoughts and and what you say. And then we go to the next stage, which is the stage of transformation, transformation, transformed into love, where God has truly intricately changed you deep inside. And so you're a different person. Now, this is a, a, a spiral, one might say, and that you continue to go through these stages. Usually we're in stage two or three. We're being discipled, we're serving, but then when the walls come along, hopefully we go through these walls in a positive way, and you'll have multiple walls in your life. Now, if you just have an irritating person at work, that's, that's not a wall. Okay, if you're in a traffic jam, that's not a wall. Okay, we're talking about serious issues here. Let me give you an analogy. I think it will help you understand this. We want to connect with God. We want to drink from the deep springs of God. But in order to do that, we need to go through a wall. So imagine that you're up on the surface of the earth and you know there's a spring down there that God wants you uh, to go into in order that you might drink deeply of Him. So you take your shovel out and you're working away and working away and all of a sudden you hit really rocky soil. And it's so hard. It takes so long to dig through that soil and you finally get tired and say, I'm not going to do that. That's a wall in your life. I'm not going to do the hard work. I'm going to go over here to another area of my life and I'm going to see if I can find... Uh, God springs this way. So you start digging and digging, and then you hit more rocky soil. You say, no, I'm not up for that. And So you continue to try to find the springs of God, but you're never willing to do the work to go through the wall. But if you do do the work, if you take days and months and sometimes years to take each of those rocks out to go through that particular wall, what's going to happen is is through that hole, you are going to be introduced into a beautiful cavern that has all this beautiful or all this very uh, satisfying uh, water from God that's going to feed your spirit and, and fill you up. And what happens then when you're in that beautiful cavern of God's spring? Well, that is eventually going to dry up. And what does that mean? We've got to start looking for water again. You hit another wall. So what you do is you get your shovel out in that cavern and you're digging and digging and what happens again? You hit rocky soil. Now, are you going to keep digging? Or are you going to try someplace else? And so what I find is that people usually usually get stalled out. We all get stalled out. But, but some Christians get stalled out at the top. And, and they have a very super, superficial relationship with God because they've never done the hard work to go to the next level, the next cavern down. That's how we establish a deeper relationship with God, is doing the hard work through His power to dig through the junk of life, the difficult experiences of life. And as we continue to do that, we go deeper and deeper into these caverns where we experience God in a new way, where we experience life in a new way. It changes our whole outlook. But we've got to go through the wall. That is the challenge. So, let's talk about journeying through the wall. The first thing is, what is my focus? Well, my will 
versus God's will. That really is the ultimate core question. Do I really want God's will for my life? Do I really want God's will for my life? Or am I just seeking out my will and using God to get my will? As you continue to go through walls, you're going to learn that God's will is the best way to go. To acknowledge Him as Lord, as we talked about in our Romans 12 series. To give our whole lives over to Him. Let's take a moment to look at some common walls. I encourage you to take out a piece of paper and write these down. Those that you've been through or resonate with. Uh, We've got divorce. Job loss. Death of a loved one. Disillusioning church experience. A betrayal. A shattered dream. The moral failure of a leader. An accident. Infertility. Lengthy singleness. A drying or loss of joy in our relationship with God. A wayward child. A ruined relationship. A financial collapse. Prolonged unemployment. A parental failure. A lost relationship. Children moving out of the home. Illness of a loved one. Sinful treatment by another believer. Relational decay. Loss of a spiritual leader our spiritual supporter. Well, now that we're appropriately depressed, <laughs> like, wow, glad I came to church today. <laughs> now, some of you are out there saying, hey, what are you talking about? Life is good. I'm just cruising along here. What are you talking about? Well, most likely you're a youngster. <laughs> So what I want you to do is I want you to take really good notes and then I want you to put them in the back of your Bible. And when you hit a wall, you can bring them out and apply these principles. Obviously, as the years go on, more and more walls come our way. How do you know when you've hit a wall? Well, these are some of the symptoms. There's a a dryness, a spiritual dryness. It's like a desert, a desert experience. Everything that you used to experience with God and the joy and the intimacy is gone. It's like God's deserted you. Loss of joy, no fruitfulness. You don't feel like you're doing anything that's really making a difference. Your faith is not working. You had a certain way of doing your relationship with God, one might say, and it was working. You were growing. You were making advances, and all of a sudden... It stopped. And those things aren't working anymore. And you're wondering, hey, what's the formula here? You're saying, what's God doing? Has God checked out on me? You question yourself and others and the church. You know, many times the reason a person leaves one church to go to another church, sometimes is because they've hit a wall. And... They're not willing to do the hard work to dig through that wall, to dig through the rocky soil. And they figure, well, maybe if I just go to another church, 
They'll help me solve my problem. But the wall follows them, right? Yeah. Uh, hiding behind faith. Sometimes certain people, because of the way they've been raised maybe, they say, well, I've just got to have more faith in God. And so therefore, I'm going to claim Romans 8:28. all things work together uh, for those who love God. And I'm just going to smile my way to this mall. <laughs> I'm just going to plaster a smile on my face and saying, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Oh, really, that's kind of a form of denial. It's great to have faith in God. But to go through the wall, you have to go down into your heart and your emotions. You've got to be in touch with your emotions. We see some things here that we need to do. And some people have no problem with this. Other people, men, stereotypically, aren't real in touch with their emotions. But to recognize, I'm hurt by this. This is painful. I'm angry at this person. I'm angry at God. I'm angry at this organization. I'm just sad. I'm depressed. These are all things that we need to identify and work through at the wall. And we need to embrace the mystery of the wall. It's mysterious when we get curveballs thrown at us and our life gets turned upside down. And we say, this isn't what God wants for me. But that's because you don't understand the Christian journey. If you really study God's Word, you know that God uses walls to grow you into a deeper walk with Him. So you can just expect that walls are going to come. They're the nature of life. Walls that you cause through your own sin and walls that God allows into your life. And one of the primary reasons He allows them is to bring you to a new level with Him. Remember, it's not an obstacle. It's an opportunity. So you embrace that mystery. Say, God, I don't understand it. I wish there was another way. But this is the way you've established things. You embrace the mystery of the wall. Let's talk about Abraham. Let's talk about the walls that he faced in his life. Remember, Abraham was called to Canaan in order to be the father of the Jewish people. So he left his comfortable home there in Ur. Things were good for Abraham. that he was called to go out and to start a nation. So he left there. And then he, when he got to Canaan, there was a famine. Well, that's a wall. It's kind of like you got. You brought me here and I got nothing to eat. This is not working the way you, you said it should work. And so, therefore, uh, he went to Egypt and spent some time there. But the biggest wall that Abraham and Sarah faced was the fact that God promised them all these descendants, as much as the stars in the sky and the sand on the sea, on the seashore that is, and they couldn't have a child. For 25 years, she suffered with infertility. That's frustrating. God, you know, we're getting older here. We've got to get this project going. <laughs> so... Abraham and Sarah said, we're going to take a shortcut here since God isn't delivering and we'll help God out. So 
They had uh, Abraham have a child through Hagar, Ishmael. And God said, no, that was sinful, guys. You didn't wait on me, so now Ishmael and Hagar, they have to leave. And that was incredibly painful, especially for Abraham. Another wall. And they waited and waited, and finally Isaac came along. But now Abraham was getting old, about 110 years old near the end of his life. And then we see another wall that God puts in his life. This is an intentional wall, Genesis 22, verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. That's a wall when God tests you. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. And God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So here's his son Isaac. Waited 25 years for him to be born, this miraculous baby that was born to a woman in her 90s. And now God is telling him to sacrifice him like a burnt offering. As we see in Leviticus 1, talks about burnt offerings. You know how they sacrifice burnt offerings? Well, first they slaughtered the animal. The common way you slaughter an animal is to cut its throat. So God was telling Abraham to sacrifice his son to, to cut Isaac's throat. And then to cut him off in little pieces. Hmm. Now back in that day, people's perceptions were that there were other gods and it was common that gods would ask for children to be sacrificed. So it wasn't as foreign as we know today. But at the same time, it was pretty radical. And God would ask him to do this. But the amazing thing is, is, that God, is that Abraham went and did it. Now, why is it? Why did Abraham do that? Well, because through all the walls that he experienced, he had gone so deep in these caverns, and his relationship with God was so grounded, and he knew the goodness of God in so many different ways. He trusted God. He said, God, I don't know why you're asking me to do this, but I'm going to do it. So he got Isaac ready and didn't tell Sarah what God had said. At least we don't see that in Scripture. And he went off with Isaac. And Isaac, along a journey, says, Dad, where's the lamb? <laughs> We've got to sacrifice something here. And In verse 8, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. In verse 9, when they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged for the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And we read this, but really think about it. Isaac, of course, I think was willing, but... Let's take a moment to think about that. Isaac knew what was going down. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God 
because you have not withheld from me your Son, your only Son. Abraham almost went all the way because he trusted God. He proved faithful in the test and trial that he went through. He journeyed through the wall. We're not sure why God asked him to do that. Possibly it was because Ishmael, or excuse me, Isaac was so close to him that God wanted to see if he was willing to sacrifice to see that his total allegiance was to God and only to God. But he went through that wall and he grew deeper in relationship with God because of it. Abraham and Isaac is a beautiful picture of what happened at the cross. Abraham was going to slay his son, but God said don't. Well, God told Jesus to come to this earth and God cut the throat of Jesus Christ in order that we might live. He was a burnt sacrifice for us. He paid the penalty for our sin. It's not our good works. Don't believe the lie that Satan's propagated throughout the years. You can't work your way to heaven. And If you've been trusting in your good works to go to heaven, I would encourage you to stop by our prayer center and dialogue with them or dialogue with one of the pastors or someone you know and say, I need a relationship with Jesus. You do. And it will transform your life. Well, let's talk more about the wall. Let's talk about how God strips us at the wall. He strips things away that are keeping us from a deep relationship with Him. How many of you have done uh, remodeling before? Remodeled your kitchen, remodeled your bathroom. Yeah, quite a few out there. Uh, It's a pain to remodel, isn't it? Because it just kind of throws your home into disarray. And you can't use the bathroom, you can't use the kitchen, you got sawdust everywhere, tools lying all around. It's an incredible inconvenience, especially if your spouse is doing it because it lasts forever, right? <laughs> you know, they're working on the weekends and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it could be a long period of time and, and you just don't feel comfortable. So why would you do that? Why would you force that upon yourself? Well, because you want a more beautiful space to live in. So you're willing to sacrifice your comfort in order for the discomfort of remodeling to even have more comfort when you have this new space. And that's exactly what going through the wall is all about. You go through the pain and the discomfort and the disillusionment of the wall in order that you might have a new space with God for living. Now, let's talk about how God strips us at the wall. What He strips us of are the things that we're clinging on to. The things that that we treasure more than we treasure Him. He strips us of the attachments of this world. And that's the challenge we have is that so many of us are more attached to this world than we are to God. So God, if He's going to get us closer to Him, He's got to rip those things away. So it might be a career. Guys, we, we can, we can uh, 
resonate with this. And our career is so important to us, so God comes in and throws up a wall where either we're demoted or whatever. Something changes that creates a lot of dissatisfaction and doubt about ourselves in relationship to our career. And God's taken us through a wall saying, hey, listen, your career is not your source, shouldn't be your source of satisfaction. A relational attachments, any type of relationship that you're clinging to, God can bring a wall in to change the nature of the relationship to show you that that relationship is not the source of satisfaction. But God is. Self-sufficiency, oh, that's the one we all struggle with. I can handle life on my own. I can figure this out. I can do anything. I am in control. And God says, you are so foolish for thinking that. Don't I tell you so many times in my letter to you that that is wrong? You don't have it all together. You're not as smart as you think. You're not as wise as you think. You're not as gifted as you think. You're broken. So he takes us through walls to teach us that. People's approval is another big one for uh, some. What they do is they they get all their self-worth from what people think of them. So what God sometimes does is introduces a failure into their lives so that people will look at you as a failure. And that really turns your your world upside down, right? You're going along, everybody thinks you're successful doing well, and all of a sudden a failure comes into your life, and all of a sudden your self-worth is gone because people are saying, oh, he really blew that one, really messed that one up. Again, we can't ground our self-worth and what people think. It has to be grounded in God. So God just continues to strip these things off us and it hurts. It hurts because we have clung to these things for years and years. They're part of our emotional DNA. And that's what God is doing when we go through the wall is He's changing our DNA. He's rewiring us. He's doing all that hard work of remodeling, getting behind the walls and under the floor and above the ceiling. And He's remodeling. And it's a mess. And it's painful. But God is doing a new work in our lives. It will make an incredible difference. Why walls? Let's talk about the purpose of the wall. Rest and trust in the flood of the love of God. That's one of the things we want to do is that when you dig through that rocky soil, you're working through the wall and you find this new beautiful cavern with new fresh water, you just want to jump in. It's like Niagara Falls. I've been to Niagara Falls. Oh, you just have to get there. Uh, it's not too far away relatively. Consider other spots in the world you could travel to. But, you know, it just, you know, being in the bowl with the yellow jackets and all that kind of stuff and just... Feeling the the torrent of water, the the sound, the uh, the mate of the mist. That's right, yeah, the mate of the mist. <laughs> you feel the mist, right? And just imagine that that's God's love, and you just just feel that. You drink it in, you jump in. That's where God wants you to be. But you have to go through a wall to experience the depth of God's love. You've got to work at it. You've got to say, I'm going to go through this wall, even though it's not what I prefer, but it's something I know that I have to do. Pure union with God. Because every time you go through a wall, your will 
and God's will comes closer and closer together. And your desire to do God's will becomes even stronger. So therefore, the more every wall you go through, you have more and more desire to do God's will instead of your will. But that takes a lot of walls. Because we just naturally want to do our own thing. But you've got to go through the wall in order for God to increase that desire for your will or His will uh, to be done. Well, let's talk about... Uh, journeying through the wall here and uh, our work that needs to be done. Awareness, forgiveness, and acceptance. First of all, we need to be aware. We need to identify uh, it as a growth wall. We need to identify it as a growth wall. We talked about this. It's not an obstacle. It's an opportunity. We need to name and own issues. That's what happens when you're in a wall. All your life you've been blaming an issue on somebody else. Blame it on your family. Blame it on uh, your spouse. Uh, you've been rationalizing things away. You've been making all kinds of excuses about why you are the way you are. But when you're in the midst of the wall, the journey inward, you realize it's me. It's my sin. It's my rebellion. It's my pride. You own it. You name it. You become aware of something you haven't thought about before. Because God is speaking to you in a new way. Then you realize the work to be done. I mean, once you get down there inside your heart, you start looking around and say, Oh, <laughs> it's going to take years to remodel this place. <laughs> you ever gone on to a really, really old house? And maybe you're flipping houses back in the good old days. So, yeah, and, and you look around the place and you say, oh, this is a lot worse than I thought it was. <laughs> well, that's when you really get in touch with your inner life and, and God, you know, gives you a tour. <laughs> you say, oh, man, <laughs> I am messed up. And friends, that is the point. When you are teachable. That's the point when God can mold you. When you realize how messed up you are. If you're going around thinking, yeah, i got it going on here. God's not going to get through to you. But when you realize the depth of your brokenness, that's when He really can speak uh, to you. Uh, second thing is forgiveness. Forgiveness. You need to humble uh, yourself. To humble yourself. <laughs> Earlier on in my life, I, I thought I was a pretty humble guy. Uh, I'd hear all people bragging about themselves. And I'm saying, they are so arrogant. You know, I got some things going on here, uh, but I'm not talking about it. Well, I was arrogant. <laughs> and and uh, as I've grown throughout the years, I've realized how arrogant sometimes I am. And so God just continues to break me and say, Dan, you're not all you think you are, bud. We've got to humble ourselves before God. Uh, seek God's forgiveness. Seek God's forgiveness. One of the most beautiful illustrations in Scripture of this is is the prodigal son. He took his dad's money, partied hard, lost his money, lost his friends, didn't have anything. He was taking care of pigs. Not a good place for a Jewish boy to be. And he was eating the pig slop. And it was only when he hit rock bottom. <laughs> it was only in the midst 
of that mess that he came to his senses. That's what the Bible says. He came to his senses. Now, the question for you and I is how long is it going to take us to come to our senses in relationship to our marriage, in relationship uh, to an addiction in our life, in relationship uh, to a sinful pattern in our life? How long is it going to take? How many walls is God going to throw at us before we come to our senses and realize that we are sinful and we have rebelled against God and we need to repent and we need to come to Him. Relinquish control. Now we have acceptance. Accept your brokenness. Engage in a lifelong recovery process. We talked about that. You're going to be facing walls for the rest of your life. And you're never going to have your house fully renovated until you reach Jesus and embrace your weakness. Treasures in the wall. You'll be a different person on the other side. This will be the amazing thing. One day, uh, your wife, or your husband, or a friend is going to come up to you and say, what's wrong with you? What, what, what's going on? Are you trying to manipulate me in some way? You're, you're more tender. Uh, you want to serve me. Uh, you, you, there's something wrong here. <laughs> and you say, I've been through the wall. God has changed me. Yeah, well, wait about a month and see if that is the case. <laughs> but, but it changes you. And, you know, you can... You know, you have a problem with anger and, and, and you can read all the Bible verses you want on anger and pray. And those are all good things to do. But if this is a deep issue in your life, God is going to take you through deep waters, real pain to deal with that anger, to deal with that addiction. It's hard work, friends. But oh, oh, it's worth it. Let's jump to Psalm 32. Eight. This is a verse... Uh, our memory verse for the month. I've been meditating on it this past week. And again, meditation is just like the silence and solitude things where you just sit there and you just kind of read through it slowly and think about each word. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Now, that verse is so powerful in my life right now. And when I meditate on that verse, it empowers me. The fact that God's going to instruct me and teach me in the way that you should go. Hey, i got areas in my life. I have no idea where the way I should go. I'm, I'm clueless. <laughs> you got to help me here. You know, but, but God promises, hey, hey, Dan, I'm going to instruct you. I'm going to teach you in the way you should go. You just listen to me. And i got to listen to him, right? And I'll counsel you and watch over you. Isn't that tender? And we have professional counselors, lay counselors, wonderful, serve us. But you want God counseling you, right? But there's a tenderness there. I'm going to, I'm just not going to give you a curriculum to go through. But I'm going to, I know everything about you. And I'm going to give you specific instructions. If you listen to me and follow me, I'm going to counsel you. I'm going to counsel you. I'm going to walk with you. For weeks and weeks and years and years. And I'm going to watch over you. I'm going to care for you. That's what you need in the wall, right? Let's pray. Lord, I pray you'd continue to work in my heart and work in the hearts of my friends here. 
And uh, I pray that uh, you would you would give them the strength to start working through the wall or continue their work through the wall. In Christ's name, amen. We've got our ushers come forward this time. We're going to gather our offering.